The views and opinions expressed by the following program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and are not necessarily those of this station or Webster Rock Hill Ministries, its management, or other hosts or underwriting sponsors. Programs presented by KWRHLP are for educational and entertainment purposes only. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stripper with Mark Langston. We're going to shift a little bit. We're going to go from mental health to crime victim and how they are dealing with crimes that have impacted their lives. You know, we've previously talked on this show, Mark, about, um, matter of fact, we talked to the group of Life Outside of Violence from Washington University, the Institute for Public Health, and that particular conversation we had with them was really strictly about those who were involved in violent crime, those who were harmed by, you know, stabbing or gunshots, assault, severe assaults, Mm -hmm. and and dealt with that. But on the line, we have Marty Kelly, who is executive director of the Crime Victim Center. And this is a little different group. They, they deal with things uh, a little differently, and that's what's precipitating our conversation. Welcome, Marty. Thank you. And that's right, we do. Tell us a little bit about the Crime yeah. Victim Center and, and how you reach out to and help people within the greater St. Louis area. Sure. Um, last year, we helped more than 5,000 people that were impacted by crime. of our victims that come to see us are uh, domestic violence, but we help people that have been impacted by all kinds of crimes. You know, we've had folks from the women's shelter groups on. We've talked about domestic violence. And, you know, this is something that needs to be discussed, which is why we're talking about it. There aren't a lot of discussions about this. It's almost like uh, we want to sweep it under the table or we don't want to have a conversation out in the open about this. And we're just going to rip the Band-Aid off and and talk about these things because they're important. Now, you guys have been around since uh, 1972, correct? We have. 48 years our agency has been around. And uh, we started off just um, having advocates that were helping people with um, that had been impacted by crime, getting order of protections in the courthouse. And um, in 2012, we merged with another organization called Law that offers legal assistance to women. And um, we were able to expand our services. Now, some of the things that I, I really appreciate about your mission, you know, it is about empowerment. And Uh, empowering individuals that are impacted by crime. But this is the key point, I think, is moving from crisis to resiliency. And we just talked about mental health and how that can get somebody in a a spiral of crises or depression or other kind of mental illness. But I I love the word resiliency uh, because you have to be—describe that a little bit, because for me, you have to have some kind of inner core strength as a resilient factor, even though maybe you're getting stretched and pounded uh, emotionally or uh, mentally, those kinds, those kinds of ways. Absolutely. And we try to help people bounce back from that. We're not saying the lover be the same after they've been impacted by violence, but we want to do everything we can to help them cope, and to learn coping mechanisms to help them, and to continue to use those for the rest of their lives so that they can be resilient and come back from it as much as they can. Now, what kind of crimes are we talking about here to give people an idea about that? Burglary, carjacking, um, of course, sexual assault, uh, rape, um, 
anything that um, if somebody is assaulted on the sidewalk and um, they've had a traumatic experience from that, anything like that, any kind of crime that's been committed. Now I'm going to read some. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. You go ahead. Um, One of the things that we do is we help people file their paperwork for Missouri compensation. Sometimes, um, depending on the situation, especially with the homicide, they may be eligible for compensation from the state of Missouri. And we help people file the paperwork for that. You know, reading from... In addition to all the other services we offer. Reading from part of your website, this I thought was very... it, It really moved me in understanding things a little differently. Crime hurts, obviously, physically, financially, and psychologically for weeks, months, and even years after the crime occurs. Personal injuries and financial burdens are often compounded by unexpected emotional turmoil affecting all aspects of a person's life. So you're not talking about something that, okay, I'm I'm meeting with this victim of crime. We've kind of they're they're over it now. This is something that could really impact them the rest of their life, correct? Yes, they may not be able to work again or in the same field that they had before the crime. Um, so yeah, it is something that um, continues on. We have some clients. Um, I think our average client, counseling client, sees us about eight times. But we have clients that have been coming back to us for twelve years every week and seeing the same counselor. So you do some advocacy kinds of programs. You, as you mentioned, have some counseling kind of programs, the legal assistance program, which you did mention, and some community engagements. I kind of want to unpack those a little bit. In the advocacy programs, um, you do some programs, partnerships with uh, juvenile justice. You have some gun violence, uh, violent crimes against persons and property, order of protection assistance, and domestic violence intervention. Talk about how uh, you deal with those and and advocate in those particular areas. Sure. Right now we have uh, advocates that work in the St. Louis City. Well, not right now because of the pandemic, but usually. um, We have advocates that work in the St. Louis City and St. Louis County courthouses. And anyone that's going to um, court for domestic violence, these advocates, are there, and they try to meet with them before they meet with the judge and after the, they meet with the judge. They try to meet with them before the, they meet with the judge to sort of give them an idea of what's going to happen when they go into the courtroom. Um, some judges don't want to see your um, cell phone and see a text that was sent to you. Our other judges will say, yeah, let me see that. So they try to warn the um, victim of what's going to be expected of them and um, how to act in the courtroom. And then after their session in the courtroom, um, the advocate tries to meet up with them again and explain to them what their next steps are. So um, that's very helpful to the victims. In addition to that, we have um, advocates in the St. Louis City and the St. Louis County Police Department. And um, they work um, in the domestic violence portions of the police department. And um, each week they receive all the police reports and they contact the victims and um, see what they need. And they offer safety planning. They spend a lot of time on the phone doing safety planning with the victims. And then they see what other resources they need that they can help them get. In addition to that, I mentioned um, the advocates that are in our um, office. 
that help people with the um, Missouri compensation. Um, one day we had a, a lady who had, um, she'd been shot in the eye. Uh, this was probably six to nine months afterwards, but she wasn't able to go back to work, so she was applying for Missouri compensation um, so that she could get some help while she found a new line of work. Um, that's some of the things our advocates do. We do have a new advocate that's starting in the city um, as soon as um, everything goes back to normal, and um, she's going to work with the juvenile unit of the St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department. Wow, that's that's so so very much needed uh, around the area. I, as you were talking, I was I was thinking, how many people that you do talk to in these kinds of situations do they? What's the response like? Are they like, wow, I didn't know you existed, or thanks, that's great information, or no, I don't need your help, uh, leave me alone? What what are, what are the responses like from people? Yes, all of those responses are very <laughs> common. Um, sometimes people hang up on us. They don't trust us. They don't know who we are. Uh, sometimes they um, we have to get to know them. You know, we contact them once, and they say, no, we don't need anything, and um, if we call them a couple times or they'll call us back later on and say, you know, that lady called, maybe we can call her for help. Um, so we get all kinds of responses and, um, we're just happy to work with anybody that's willing to work with us. Now, does this counseling for, uh, victims, does that include family members or do you engage the families in some kind of counseling also to assist? Yes. So... Um, particularly with homicide victims. Uh, we have a lot, our counselors see a lot of um, families that have been impacted by violence, um, but with a homicide in their family. Uh, we focus on those a lot. Um, in addition to, so we have counselors that meet with them, but we have a vigil every year in the spring where we honor all of the homicide victims for the past year. And um, we did it a little bit differently this year. We did it online. Uh, we did it through Facebook Live. Um, but the way we do it is we hit, invite all the families to come. We also invite the St. Louis City Police Chief and the St. Louis County Police Chief and other dignitaries, and they come and they speak. Um, we have some religious people that come and do an opening prayer. And um, then we show all of the uh, photos that they bring of their loved ones, and um, we just have a, a day of remembrance for them. Now, a question as it relates to, you know, you're a crime victim center, and I know you have folks who are working out in uh, with the police departments, uh, St. Louis City and St. Louis County, and you also have people working at the courthouses. Now, what if somebody doesn't report a crime that has occurred and they're still suffering some after, I'm going to call after effects, or really don't know how to deal with that? Are, are they still eligible to talk to you? Absolutely, and that's one of the things that I'm most proud of. It doesn't have to be somebody that's in the court system. Um, if somebody comes to us, we don't check to make sure a crime happened to somebody. If they come to us and say that they were burglarized but they didn't turn it in because they were afraid um, or anything else, um, we are happy to work with them. We don't check police records to make sure. So, um, yeah, that's one of the ways a lot of people slip through is because their crime is not going through the court system, so um, they are not able to get help. Uh, 
but we offer help for all of them. We've been talking to Marty Kelly, Executive Director for the Crime Victim Center. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. Now, Marty, a question I have. Say some crime happened like 35 years ago, 40 years ago, and now I'm getting some dreams or things have been occurring to me recently that remind me of that time. Uh, Are you able to deal with individuals like that, or is that kind of out of the realm? Yes, Arnold, that is something else that we do. I mean, there's no deadline on your grief or um, time, so um, you can come to us, and some people do. Um, Sexual assault victims wait several years sometimes before they come see us, and um, they'll just realize and they'll want to come see somebody, and we offer them our services for free for as long as they need them. Um, It's something... Um, that we've been doing since the beginning that we've always offered that service. I want to give the website out here for people to write down. We'll repeat this several times, but it's supportvictims.org, supportvictims.org. And if you go on there, you can also make sure that uh, if somebody's kind of, uh, you're maybe in a situation that you've been the victim of a crime and that perpetrator is in your house, maybe it's a domestic situation or a sexual assault, Uh, there's a quick exit on this particular website, so I just want to give you that information. But again, moving from crisis to resiliency, a a very, very important statement. And I, I want to frame this next section, which again, statistics are people. They are not numbers, they're not graphs. And in the history of St. Louis, and if you've been listening to this show long enough, we've talked about many things that have historically happened that we're now paying the debt. And it has to deal with issues between black and white, between uh, economic situations. And I want to read this. Mark, I I found this very interesting. it's, It's typical of where we are in our area, and I'm sure it identifies other areas around the country also, that clientele for the Crime Victim Center are 95% are at or below the poverty level, and 80% identify as female. And when you look at some of these other numbers, virtually I'm looking at like 65% are African American, about 26% are Caucasian. When you look at income, 40% have an income of $10,000 or less. Yeah. And when you look at the age, we're looking at like about 42% are between ages 25 to 35. And most of these crimes, uh, a quarter of all of the percentage of crimes that are served are intimate partner violence. So, you know, when when you see, when you talk about I guess when you look on the news, you're watching the news or reading a story in print media or or something like that, and we make judgments based upon some of the things we read and how we've been raised and what we've seen that reinforces or uh, turns a a stereotype or a bias around. I think we expect, oh, yeah, well, they're they're there. They don't want to get out of that. And, you know, if if they just travel to this other particular job, they could make enough money to get out where they are. That is, that is so 
not right. Not true. That is so not even going to yeah. happen. So yeah. we we live in a in a place that the transportation system's not adequately funded or sure. designed to meet those needs. The job situation, we have a historical redlining in our in our city, in our county, and all of these factors exacerbate now in a situation like COVID-19. Have you seen an uptick, Marty, of, of uh, reports or people needing services from your center? You know, we have. Interestingly, it's about 25% in the city and um, 225% increase in the county. Holy smokes. And um, I've talked to a couple police officers about that, and they believe that the increase um, and this is based on the police reports that we received. Um, they believe that it's because in the county um, there's less essential workers, more people that are staying home, um, couples in a home, and um, they're spending all their time together, something they've never done before. So you're not doing any kind of marriage counseling, are you? Yeah, that's not really. <laughs> Maybe there so, needs yeah, to be. Some of them probably need that. But, yeah, that's where we're seeing the increases, really, which has uh, been interesting. The numbers in child abuse, I'm sure you've heard, is are um, lower than they've ever been. They're um, 60% lower than they've ever been. But um, overall, in domestic violence, we're seeing an increase. So I, I look at some of your stats from 2018, and you meant it's like 7,900 clients and families served. 95 women represented for their order of protection hearing. About 1,300 were accompanied to advocate in court. 1,300 hours of therapy for clients and families. 1,900 clients helped with victim compensation. This is, it's, it's a great center that you have, and uh, we're publicizing this because there are many, many groups out there doing their part. And I often wonder, you know, people, people say, well, why isn't government doing all these things? Well, they can't. And there are groups like the Crime Victim Center to pick up uh, a mission that has been identified and people have uh, a real desire to assist with in this particular area. A, a question relates to, do you contact similar kind of sister or brother kind of agencies that are doing the same thing? Yes, we have great relationships with a lot of sister organizations um, in the city and the county of St. Louis that we collaborate and work with on a regular basis, and we meet with them often. Um, so we, right now we currently have one full-time attorney that works for us, and she has a list of volunteer attorneys to help her. So she's one person. One woman can do, you know, only so much. So she has a list of other people that uh, collaborate and help with her. Some are from um, corporations and uh, other organizations in St. Louis that will help her um, with the 95 women that um, we went to court with to get orders of protection. Um, but we're, we're very collaborative. Um, we have an event planned for um, September 13th with another organization called Alive, Alternatives to Living in Violent Environments. And we're having Pedal for the Cure, and it's uh, on the Katy Trail, and there will be information on our website about that. So we're all about the collaboration. You know, and Mark, this is another not-for-profit group that is really doing their part within our metropolitan area and picking up some of the pieces of some shattered lives that are going on. And 
like I said, government can't do it all, and these organizations like the Crime Victim Center are, are really pursuing uh, helping uh, people get themselves back together so that they can lead a productive lives. And you can go to their website. I want you to hang on, Marty, because I have some additional questions about some of your counseling. But we're going to go to break in about um, 90 seconds sure. here. But there's, go to their website. It's a supportvictims.org, supportvictims.org. Matter of fact, if you uh, need to donate some things, uh, they, they need some items that if you have the ability to do that, they could use those things or give them a call. Their, their phone number is 314-652-3623. Ask how you can help. Do you take volunteers to help around the Crime Victim Center, Marty? Most of our volunteers are students, and they go through 32 to 40 hours of training before we um, mm-hmm. let them start working with victims and clients. So, so it's a challenge for us to take volunteers. I understand that. It, it makes perfect sense. They do have walk-in hours. I don't know what that's like right now with the COVID. Do you have still have walk-in right hours? Now we don't, yeah, right now we don't have walk-in hours, but we normally do. Okay. All right. So we're going to come back after the break. I want to talk a little bit more specifically about some counseling issues and some things that you do. Eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Holy smokes, what is that? That's kind of, wow. I saw that and I was yeah. like, I need more information about that. <laughs> this is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston of St. Louis in Tune. You're listening to KWRH 92.9 FM, your community radio station in Webster Groves, Missouri. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We've been talking to Marty Kelly, Executive Director of the Crime Victims Center. And Marty, uh, before the break, I ask you, or I mentioned that we were going to come back to the counseling program because I saw something I movement desensitization and reprocessing what is that yes sir we have um two full-time counselors and um they're both trained in this Um, i'm sorry one of our full-time and one of our part-time counselors are trained in this and what it is is it can be up to a 90-minute session and it's something you work with your therapist on and they both went to training for um, hours and hours to learn how to do this but um, just for me to make it simple to explain it to you, um, the therapist will take their hands and they'll move them back and forth. Sometimes they have a ball in them or something else. They move them back and forth and you follow them with your eyes. And at the same time, the therapist will ask you to recall a disturbing event in your life, um, some violence that happened to you. And this will include emotions and body sensations that go along with it. And gradually, the therapist will guide you to shift your thoughts to more pleasant things, something pleasant that happened to you. Um, This is not a way to remove the memory, but it's a way to make the memory softer when you remember it. So that if it's something horrible and violent that happened to you, you'll still remember that something horrible and violent happened to you. But it'll, it won't impact you as much as when you think about it. There'll be a softer reaction that you have to it. Um, I'm not a therapist. I've not been trained in it. That's the best I can do to explain it to you. But um, one of my therapists uses it um, probably uh, more than 50% of the time, and she loves it. And the other one uses it also. You know, I know there are physical reactions to events, obviously, but also to memory and uh, it sounds like, and, and eyes are one of those things where, you know, there might be twitching, there might be the fight or flight kind of 
uh, hormones released or, you know, all kinds of things that, that go on. And I just, I just found that very fascinating, that desensitization and kind of helping ease the way through and not repressing that or not solving it, but at least being able to respond differently to it. A lot of our clients swear by it. They think that it's great um, form of therapy. You know, I want to read a story, folks, uh, a brief thing from uh, supportvictims.org that they have, the Crime Victim Center. Kenya was in a violent relationship with her children's father, Chaz, for three years. Chaz had been arrested for threatening to kill Kenya with a gun and for hitting her with a steel chair that resulted in breaking her arm while she was holding their infant child. Crime Victim Center's domestic violence advocate in the police department contacted Kenya. Kenya was being evicted from her home and needed assistance with getting a storage unit for her household items. The advocate met Kenya at a local storage facility, and the agency provided emergency funding for her to sign up for the storage unit. Kenya also filed an order of protection, and CVC's courthouse advocate assisted her, and she was able to obtain a full order of protection. During the order of protection process, Kenya mentioned she had found a gun in her house. The victim advocate let the detective know, and they sent the police officer to seize the firearm. Chaz pled guilty to the charges, was ordered to probation. Since being in contact with the agency, Kenya has been able to find a new safe living space for herself and her children. That's a success story. And success is also measured in the long term that Kenya is able to really move forward in her life. How many of these, I know you serve like 7,900 clients in 2018, and you mentioned at the beginning of the show last year, but do you see repetition? Do you hear from some of the folks that say, hey, this has been great for me, I've gotten my life back together or stable? Yes, and we have um, one client, um, we have several clients that this happened to, but one that I've spoken with that um, had a um, homicide in their family and um, something triggered it 10 10 years later, something happened that triggered it, and all those emotions and feelings came up, and she came back to us for three months. She needed to just self-adjust a little, so she came back to us for a three-month period to just help her get back into shape where she could um, deal with her life again. Hmm. That's un- unbelievable that those things, you know, they, they stick around. They're a part of who you are. They just don't go away. Yeah. And, and that it, it just surfaces again like that. So if you want to contact the Crime Victim Center, folks, you can, uh, they have a hotline also. I'm going to give the hotline number out first, 314-652-3623. That's 314-652-3623. And they also have a legal assistance number. You know, I can direct you to the website, supportvictims.org, supportvictims.org. That number is on there. You can uh, get more information from them. Uh, There are a a great group in, in our area. And again, moving from crisis to resiliency. I love that. Moving from crisis to resiliency. Marty, any last words for us? We just ask that everybody try to support us. Of course, we're always looking for donations, but uh, promote us. Tell anybody you know that has been impacted by violence about us and ask them to call us and set up an appointment and see what we can do to help. Because a lot of people, I think, think, oh, I can handle this. Oh, I've got this. This is not a big deal. And, you know, their life gets a little unraveled, and people wonder what in the world's going on, and maybe it could be attributed to that event or the lack of uh, assisting and helping cope with that event. 
Absolutely. Yeah, we have a lot of people that um, come to us and they're not sure what's wrong, but they know something's wrong. They start meeting with one of our counselors and they dig deep with them and um, they feel better after they've been to us for several sessions. Well, Marty, we appreciate you coming on the show today. We've been talking to Marty Kelly, Executive Director of the Crime Victim Center. Marty, thanks for coming on today. We appreciate it. Have a great weekend. No problem. Thank you. You too.